Hey friends, it's Alexander, and I'm faking my way to the top, round and around. Hey friends, it's Tamisha, and I'm on cloud nine, and this is Why, Why We're, We're friends. friends. It's a chill song today, so Girl, listen to the podcast. It's the same song every <laughs> week. No, I, no, listen. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, it's a chill song this week. I did go actually roll. listen to my first audio book, though. Which book? Um, we should all be feminists. Okay. It was, it was the shortest one I had. I have all of these audiobooks. It's just I never listen to them. Just like podcasts. It's really, it's really hard. But I made progress this week, so I'm proud of myself. Hopefully now, I'll get you, to listening to Do the you podcast. enjoy audiobooks or is it a matter of when you're walking or going somewhere, you just want to have something to listen to? I think it's just trying to figure out the best space. So like a lot of people listen when they're driving because they're like paying attention, but they're able to focus on something and you know, but I don't car, I don't drive. So I try to listen to it like cleaning, but I just space out. I don't pay attention and like five minutes go by and I don't know what the hell people were saying. Mm-hmm. So I tried it when I went on a long walk, which I've tried before and it didn't work. And so I tried it again like Let's the other day. A long walk, right? And I was walk. like, okay, I don't feel like listening to music right now. Let me try a book. And because Why We Are Feminists is only 45 minute listen, I was able to listen half of it on the way there and then the rest of it on the way back. So I actually was able to finish oh. the book. And I was like, I think I can do this. So who knows? Maybe next week or the week after or, or after that, I'll be like, I actually listened to some podcasts. Pray I think you've listened to maybe like two episodes. Yeah. At any rate. Yeah. 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 It also depends on who's who is speaking the book. If you listen to... Tiffany Haddish, uh, The Last Black Unicorn. I have that. Narrated by Tiffany Haddish. That is great because the book, when you read it, you you almost imagine how Tiffany would say it or what she's writing. And right. when you listen to it, it's like, oh, this is Tiffany. It's great. Yeah. See, and that's all of the books I bought, like the Trevor Noah book, the Tiffany Haddish book, the Taraji book. Like I bought all these books by the authors who are reading their own work because I thought that was going to make me listen to them more. Well, that didn't work, but hopefully no. it will in the next well, couple of weeks. Well, shout out to Taraji. Taraji got engaged. I saw Isn't that. that amazing? I, I just, like, I'm such a, I love Taraji yes. and her rise because she's been in the game for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, baby boy all the way back, way back before. I mean, even up until now, she's just been doing the damn thing. Yes. I mean, shout out to Taraji. Yes. And the other thing that I love about her is she's always rooting for people. No matter where she is, if she didn't get it, if she's here, if she's there, she's always rooting for people and she's always like taking people with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, especially in Hollywood nowadays, is rare. Right. Like, there are a lot of black queens who are doing that, like um, Lupita and like a few other them are just like, no, we are here for each other. We're going to support each other. And I just, I love that about her. Well, actress, comedian, writer, Emmy Award winner, Lena Waithe is Mm -hmm. she is constantly shouting people out and not only shouting them out, but through her own life, she is encouraging people to live in their full truth. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yes. But while we're on the subject of celebrity, let's talk about Roseanne. Are you okay with that? I guess. Yeah. I want (laughs) to talk about this. I I, want to talk about this because I mean, there's a, there's so many layers. Are you up to speed on Roseanne? So the, the last thing I heard is she said some things. I don't even read what she said. Got a lot of backlash, obviously because it was racist. Then, um, she submitted a like not very good apology and ABC canceled the show. 
That's mm-hmm. as much as I know. And one of the stars, I think, who plays Denise, her daughter, the star was yeah, on Twitter saying, you know, um, I don't agree at all with what Roseanne is saying, but she didn't want the show to be canceled because the show is attached to so many other people. And so yeah. she was kind of, you know, on that tip. Like, absolutely, I don't agree with what Roseanne is saying, but for ABC to cancel the show, like, you're literally canceling on every single person because of Roseanne. Which, I mean, I can see from her perspective, but it's also the, the, the risk that you take and the weight when you have somebody that, you know, who's named after the show. Like, if the Cosby show, now this is getting into a whole another territory. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. But, I mean, like, what would happen? Now, I'd probably be really pissed off. I guess I, I don't want to talk about it. I, well, I, that, I guess, I guess I can't lose the Cosby stuff. show. No, but I think what we're talking about is something happening in real time. And yeah. I think that's the, the, the asset and liability of social media and the ability for every single person who has an account to make something trend. Mm-hmm. And that the ways in which you can demand for something simply by tweeting, you know, you don't even have to necessarily have money. I mean, yeah, you have to have either phone or Internet access, but you don't have to have some position in life to be a part of the, hey, we don't accept this. Mm-hmm. I think what's so weird is, again, like this show is a revival of a show that was very successful Mm -hmm. and it was very successful portraying i guess not just middle class america but more specifically white middle class america and when you think about what they like the time frame in terms of 2017-18 of coming back into the limelight with new episodes trying to portray the middle class white family which currently for better or for worse i'll say for worse is is what makes up the majority of our current president's voting demographic his supporters Mm -hmm. and so it was trying i I didn't watch any of the episodes i really can't speak to any specific episode but i guess it was uh, the attempt to have a conversation about when in a middle class white family when some people are very adamant about supporting the current administration and some people are like we don't want this it's racist it's uh mm-hmm. it's sexist it's all of the is it's everything that's wrong and so uh, i think that even when it comes to roseanne outside of that show for the past like 10 years for the past decade roseanne has been on twitter roseanne has been on interviews where roseanne has said some pretty crazy shit mm-hmm. and so when they invite her into a platform yes it's going to make a lot of money in terms of the people who want to see it but can you really not me or you but but can a person really be surprised that she went on twitter and referred to valerie jarrett as a monkey and can they really be surprised because she did it to somebody else you know five years ago you know if she's done it in the past she has done a lot of or she has said a lot of things via Twitter and other forms of speaking where she, she's, she's done stuff like this. So, I mean, part of me is like, yeah, what she said was fucked up. But in the other side, it's like, she's been saying stuff like this. Yeah. You know? And I mean, and that's kind of like the, the interesting thing when it comes to money and pressure. So like you can say hearing that, well, then ABC was right to cancel the show. But then just on the other hand, you can say, well, if this is something that she's been doing for the last decade, why did you want to reassociate yourself with that person in the first place? And it's really, from what I can see, it sounds like it's really just economic. That part. You know, bringing back a show, bringing back this certain nostalgia that, um, 
kind of resonates with what a lot of people kind of want. And whether or not you make twists or turns to it and you're trying to modernize it, like that's a money game. And that, and they're, they're seeing that a lot like with Netflix and with all the different shows that they're reviving. So obviously it was a financial opportunity. Right. But the moment that that financial opportunity is undermined, not just the show, but that person is now undermining the brand of your network, of course they're going to disassociate themselves. Right. But it's really about like, and I think that that's one of the things like something like a Twitter um, has the power to do, and that's to put pressure on things and just out people, give them like you know enough rope, right? Um, and I think that to your point about the economic, the financial side, I, I believe uh, if I'm reading everything correctly, uh, Roseanne brought in forty-five million dollars worth of advertising in the first this this not first season but the reboot season, yeah. And they were projecting sixty million dollars in advertising. So not only on that aspect, but like it was the number one show on network television right now. Mm. And for ABC to be like, hey, we don't want this anymore. Did, did it really like I almost and part of me wonders like how many either complaints or unspoken harassments or verbal assaults have taken place behind the scenes that because somebody did not have the audience that Roseanne has, they didn't have the ability to gain the momentum to say this is wrong. Like what you were mm. saying earlier, like why would ABC want to reassociate themselves with this? Obviously for money. You know, and then whenever she says something that's, well, that was too far over the line. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, we no longer can support. I mean, they canceled it the morning of, yeah. you know, so it's like, do they really have a desire to have consequences for abhorrent decisions? Yeah. Is it really about you making the right choices or is it really about you saving face in the midst of the pressure? This is also the Starbucks question. Right, 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 right. You know, um, there are reports coming out after they recently had their training. There are reports, a couple that I've seen that was like a couple of partners, I guess they're called partners, Yeah. that, that they missed the mark, that the training missed the mark. Um, I haven't really heard much else about it, but it's just interesting how, like, what happens to companies under pressure. And a lot yeah. of companies and organizations and things like that, like, are most sensitive and most vulnerable um, as I say, in the face. So like punch them in the face or like, you know, they have to save their face. So if there's something public or there's any kind of public pressure that you could put on an institution or an organization, they're going to have to try to save their face. So that puts them in a vulnerable position for you mm -hmm. to be able to, to demand certain changes. Right. So I think that in that way, um, one, both of these things in both of these cases that have happened is this sense of, oh, we got a real glimpse into actually what happened, you know, beyond, you know, behind the curtain, as right. it were. Uh, but also it was an opportunity because they were, they were both featured on public domains for now the public to be able to put certain pressures and to get certain public figures behind that pressure to force that organization or that company or whatever right. to do something. Um, it's just a shame that it has to take punch in the face and a grab at a wallet so to speak in order for that to happen absolutely but you know i'm sure people will take what they can get like we don't want people who are going to be racist or who are going to be sexist or who are going to be homophobic or who are going to be any of those things in any particular type of light now but see that part like 
the whole premise that at least was projected, even though, again, I never saw the original, never saw the reboot. The whole premise of the reboot was we're currently in this political climate where it's so polarized that, you know, whether it be, you know, politics or uh, social issues, there are so many uh, divide. There's it's just a divisive culture and the trenches are just so deep. And how do you still have family members or friends? That was the whole premise. And again, it's interesting that Roseanne had such a high rating in terms of network television, because personally, and again, this is just personal. If you watch from the beginning of blackish, or if you watched the two seasons, even though it's now been canceled, the Carmichael show, Mm -hmm. these shows are covering their, their comedic shows, just like Roseanne was covering it, not centered in, whiteness like their black culture you know even recently kenya burris had an episode of blackish that Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of dive deeper into the whole colin kaepernick controversy where one of the family members was like he shouldn't be kneeling you know or or i don't know the whole premise but it was like he shouldn't be and another family members like he should be and all of this different tension and abc ended up saying like we we won't release the show like that show's been canned in the sense like not the show that one episode was canned and it's like hold up wait a minute like so can we get our kaepernick episode yet because they do these conversations and present these conversations not only with humor but they do it in a way that forces you to think beyond the box of whiteness right but i think that this is the history of uh non-white shows it just is like when you you can go far back as the cosby show as a different world um looking at all of these different aspects of how do we think about race or social justice or certain things that are happening um in our world like these were the truths of predominantly black shows because there, there wasn't a sense of separation because whether you're laughing or you're crying or you're doing whatever you're always navigating this mostly white space as a black body and so you kind of can't tell the story of a black family or black friends or culture without navigating that space right. and so I think that when white shows do it either it's their bend or it's a big thing because just like what it means to be white in America, part of the privilege is you can navigate this space without having to interact with that because right. this was built for you. And so you can have a show that's about nothing and doesn't and doesn't hit on any of these things, yeah. and it's perfectly fine because you can navigate the world in that way. And, and for most white people, yeah. uh, again, for most, if not all white people, and I'll speak for myself from the from the front end. Like we, like I don't, I have to remind myself to think of like whiteness as a part of my identity mm-hmm. because of the way that things are presented in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Because of the way things, I mean, I was raised. Whatever it is, we're not. We don't think often times unless we're intentional about it of our whiteness as a part of our identity. We just think of it as the way the world turns. That's just the way the world is right. for whatever reason. It doesn't matter if you're poor or if you're rich. It, we just don't think of our whiteness as a part of our identity. And right. then when you have this show like Roseanne come on and it's like, okay, like I, I, I can't imagine what was so funny about Roseanne that presented things in such a way that was like, wow, you know what I mean? Like it was just, I don't know. It's it just, yeah. it's just interesting. And then even like the whole Twitter conversation, like of course she's going to go out and apologize, not only for the jobs of the people that her 
tweet cost, but she's also going to, you know, apologize because she said there was a young black girl, I don't know her name, an actress, uh, but there was a young black actress on the show who plays the granddaughter mm -hmm. and she was like and Roseanne had tweeted after everything had come out she said I, the hardest part for me is that this young woman is going to now grow up to think that I don't like African Americans I'm paraphrasing but that's what she said mm -hmm. and it was like okay so you're not hearing what people are telling you you know because then in the next tweet it's like well I'm going to consider my options like it's okay for them to do da 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 Roseanne was the biggest Hillary Clinton fan in 2008. The biggest. Hmm. Not I don't know if she campaigned for her, but she was a public supporter of Hillary Clinton. As soon as Barack Obama won the Democratic nomination, I remember Roseanne on her website and, and all the social media was like, was just coming for him. And it was like, girl, we've been seeing that you have some racist tendencies for over a decade, and yet you're you know just now realizing. So it's just, again... I, I don't know. I, I just think throw it all away. <laughs> throw ABC away except for Channing Dungey, who is the president of ABC Entertainment, the first black woman to hold that role, and she was the one who tweeted and said the show is canceled. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the young black actress, her name is Jaden Ray. Okay. So shout out to her. I hope that whatever therapy she needs from being on that set with some of those foul ass human beings. I pray that that <laughs> therapy is not only paid for, but I hope that that therapy is helpful to her. And I know that she's going to go far in her acting career, but uh, you know, cause again, in terms of somebody who's a young actress under the age of 18, I'm sure to be on the number one network television show is like, wow. Well, I mean, you think to yourself, like, well, regardless of the show, wouldn't that have been a bonus? But it's also like, mm, this show just was trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just a matter of us really, public and people and individuals as well, really just learning what it means to draw the line when it comes to um, who people are or who people say they are and what they portray in their art. Mm -hmm. um, I think for too long we have compartmentalized too much. Um, and that's not to say that people who are famous suddenly have to be perfect. Not at all. Right. That's but not I, the but point. But I think that there's a certain higher level of responsibility that comes with um, the power that we have attributed to celebrity. And so I think every celebrity knows that going in to some extent. Mm -hmm. And so for the people who don't want to navigate that. You have so many actors and actresses or entertainers or what have you that have actually been really quiet. They've lived their lives. They do their work. They're probably really famous, but they're not, you know, they're not living so much of a public life as other celebrities are. Right. And so obviously that, that tells me that there is a way to live your life as a human being without always stepping into the spotlight. But, and I think that that's also, that, that's also a question though, because the thing that about Roseanne is it's like, okay, the conversation has once again been brought to the forefront. Like I take Jennifer Aniston, for example. She okay. doesn't have any, uh, uh, to the best of my knowledge, any social media. Like she doesn't have an Instagram account to mm -hmm. use Twitter. She, But she is, because of her success on Friends, she has an international following. So whenever she books a role in a movie, they know that not only will it do well domestically, they know that globally it will be a success because her face, like everyone knows her. Right. And so she has not... Uh, we've never seen her in the social media world. And so like to your point of like, okay, she's kind of lay low out of the public eye, but it's like, I wonder what she really does think or not, not but, just her, but that right. type of a perspective. Right. And, you know? see, and, and that's the, the thing. It's like, of course you wonder because these are people in a public light, but 
it's hard to say, do we have that right to demand what they think about everything? And if it doesn't line up with it, you see what I mean? Like it gets a little tricky because on one hand, like as a liberal person, you're like, no, you need to be on this, this, this. If you're not, I don't associate with you. Well, that's mm. the same thing that conservatives are saying. Right, right. And so it's kind of like, I got to give you my check down on every issue before you can think that what I have to say is right. And I think that this is, this, these extremities um, are part of the problem. Now, on the other hand, though, I think the sensitivities are also part of the problem because there are certain things that should be extreme. Like, don't be racist, period. Don't and be sexist period. Like there's certain things you just shouldn't be right. Like if you're, you have to understand that your ideology is attached to the bodies of actual people. Right. And, and if your ideology is one that is promoting the disenfranchisement, the separation of families, uh, the beating and the justifying of killing of people, um, the bullying that leads like if your ideology is tied so closely tied to that and you're not checking that, then we have a problem. And so I think part of what we have to understand is one, there has to be some space where people who think differently can come to a table and have a conversation or I can get a little bit in to see, you know, I don't agree with where you end up, but I, I see how you got there. Right. And I see that you're a person and I see that we're going to agree to disagree, but there's some things I'm going to push on you because that ideology right there can kill people. Well, that, and we're going to have yeah. that conversation. And I think that the, not that this sounds so, this sounds so, I don't know if this sounds right. The right people have to come for people. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, pardon my pun, but like the right people have to. Uh, <laughs> I'm so done. It's the right people. <laughs> the right people have to gather their own. Is that a better way of putting it? So True. because like Roseanne, one of her tweets, because again, she just she said I'm leaving Twitter and she comes back. So I'm on the Twitter universe, but I'm not. I don't watch Roseanne, but I think it's kind of funny. So one of the things Roseanne said was she said most of the people calling me racist appear to be white based on like Twitter and what she was seeing. And I was like, well, good. Like you know, like number one, good. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, uh, it's pretty clear that what you said was terrible and and it was racist to your point about like you just shouldn't be racist and you sh or you shouldn't say racist things like if, if this is something that you really have a misstep on we need to have a conversation right. again there are people to this day and i'm this is not a burden for you to carry or for any black person or person of color but there are so many people to this day white people who don't understand why or how people can call our current president donald trump racist they don't they don't because he's never said the n-word or because he's you know or publicly yeah. at least he's never he's never <laughs> called valerie jarrett or compared her to a a, a monkey you know so right. they they oh well how can you you know it's like okay so we need to have a conversation about what racism is and that's where it's like to starbucks point of pulling in a lot of good people to formulate a training it's like they did that but it's like even in five hours are you able to eradicate a person an individual's implicit bias or their upbringing or their anything you mm -hmm. know there's no winners in this situation when it comes to, <laughs> to 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 i mean i hate to say it but it's like even in terms of like the progress moving forward in anti-racism are there even any winners because it's like if roseanne wanted to run for president tomorrow i guarantee you she probably would get a hell of a lot of votes from the same people who voted our current president in right. because they feel like well she's been uh attacked oppressed. she's yeah, been oppressed da, 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 and yeah. it's like, you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so it's like there's no winners except for Ambien because <laughs> she tweeted out that Ambien was the reason why she was up late at night. <laughs> Ambien said one of the side effects is not racism. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? I really think that uh, SNL should do some kind of ambient skit where they're like, side effects include racism. Like, what what, right. what drug are you taking? And she that said racism that racism is a side effect. Right. There was that. There was somebody on Twitter this week <laughs> had me howling, and she was like, she's like, all right, my time for my lunch. She's like, I'm gonna pop three ambient and start hurling racial slurs <laughs> at my salad. Like, <laughs> like it was just, it was funny to me because I was like, what is like, uh, take action. For your words. Yes. Yeah. Who cares if you were up till 3 a.m.? Take action. Ambien came out on top, though, because, again, in the Twitter universe, mm-hmm. when you have those uh, something that's trending, it's just like Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know if you heard about that. They were trending a few nights ago because somebody and this this looked legitimate. Somebody hacked their account like the main social media Twitter account okay. and tweeted out like I don't know if it was like 20 tweets and some of them were just like way out in left field and some of them were really racist and they were just going on and on and on and on like 20 different tweets so it looked like well, where's this coming from like yeah. it was just random random stuff and regardless of whether or not they were hacked or somebody internally tried to make a scene or whatever it's a fact of the matter was Buffalo Wild Wings was trending like number one for hours and it's mm. like that's free advertisement Hmm. you know it's like Roseanne is the most famous comedian in the world at least she was a few days ago she was the most famous comedian in the world Hmm. do you know what I'm saying and it's like that so when you're trending it's like you have to ask yourself like wow you're the most famous person in the world right now everybody's talking about you everybody knows your name Mm -hmm. even if it might be for something negative you're the most infamous person in the world any press is good press as they say but I you know I I think to close this out I think it's, it's really important that we understand one, just where we stand on things and what things are non-negotiables. Like, I think we just need to be clear on that, especially, like, when we're engaging with people who may think differently from us or come from a different background. Like, what are your non-negotiables? This is just no. No. Racism? No. You just right. shouldn't say that. Everybody knows that there you shall never associate African Americans with any kind of animal. You shouldn't associate people with any kind of animal, but because of the history of African Americans, like specifically, like specifically that has, monkeys and apes, and and so it's just kind of like that if that's part. something that you don't know. One at your age, I'm pretty sure you, well maybe because our education sometimes can be shit. But I'm just saying, like you need to be retaught and, and understand history. Like somebody that needs part. to be telling you something. But see, that's what I don't get. Like, they, oh, sorry, I'm, I can yeah. go on for hours. Yes. But that part about the specific animal that it's like okay. That's so specific that even if you didn't know all the history, like the fact that you picked that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, what do you mean specifically by that? Like, do you mean that a person is like, like, what characteristics are you drawing from a monkey that you're associating with this person's character? Right. And she said, yeah, monkeys are hella smart. And they do all these good things. So I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, ser- like realistically, though, when we no, think I about like the mean. actual characteristics mean, in the animal, like, what are you associating other than some kind of a racial association? I know, no. But see, that's where, again, and this is a conversation that I think, back to your point of how do you, what I hear you saying, like, how do you call people into that conversation when they step in the shit? And how do we call people in? It's like, okay, so the, the tweet specifically referenced Planet of the Apes. So what she said in rebuttal, even though I'm not, I'm not standing on her side, believe me, but what she was trying to say, and I've never seen the movie, but Roseanne was like, well, I'm talking about XYZ character from the movie Planet of the Apes and how XYZ happened. And again, I've never seen the movie. No other movie has, and you're going to associate no, with the movie. I know, movie that's I'm just saying with, that that's right. the layer, like in order to quote unquote catch 
people and to actually say it's like oh shit like we have to go work o- overtime and again this is what every black person and, felt and for you, you have to have and you have to ha- and there has to be a sense of relationship there so i think that there's all these different layers in terms of like engaging with people and talking with people and you have to know not only where the boundaries are what you want cross but what your boundaries are like that to me is energy draining and i don't have the energy for it that so part. i'm not going to engage in that kind of stuff i'm not going to take my time and energy to educate you i'm just going to not engage with you because that's what I need to do for self-care. You go find somebody else, why nonsense roundup or whoever to engage with. But I think it's in a matter of um, on on Twitter, like there's certain calling out, there's certain things, there's certain spaces in which you can use, you know, your power, your social media power um, to be able to call out things and put pressure on things, and I think that that's great. But in terms of like any substantial conversation, like you're An not actual, converting right. anybody on on social media. That part you can that's get them not fired. Happening. You can get them fired. You can ruin their career, but supposedly you can't convert them. So no, that's that's a very save, good point to save make. Save your tweets. That is a ve- <laughs> no, that's a very good point to make, and I think that uh, just kind of like the quote, you can what is it you can lead a horse to water but you can't, can't make, a, make drink, a drink yeah but you can't make a drink i mean that's really i mean yeah so why gotta be a horse i'm just kidding i, I was you know i was <laughs> no, literally that's, thinking that, that that's as soon as you said it analogy, i was like that's why i was know, no but, but i was you know, thinking sensitive it. people be like why gotta be a horse alex mm-hmm. why gotta be a, but this is like i mean well because roseanne looks now. like a horse you that's know why but this is the rhetoric now like everything you say why i gotta be that like can we but see that's where a lot of people and calm down but see but no but see to that point because i think there's an agreement there's an agreement from all people that we live in an overly sensitive culture i think a lot of people would agree with that that we live in an overly sensitive culture but there's a difference between being sensitive in a way that again is just i i have you know some burden that i want to cast on everyone and saying i want this world to reflect not just inclusivity, but I want it to reflect the things that are good, the things that are, you know, th- sorry, the producer. Yeah, no, watching. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there because that we sense of like reflecting in- inclusivity and like honor and celebration, I think it's going to be perfect for our next yeah. segment. So we're going to pay a few bills and then we will be back. All right. Yeah, we got to get going because our producer got to get something. Tonight. Oh, Lord. Hey. OK, we're going to probably cut that part out. OK, bye. Why We're Friends is hosted by Tamisha Tyler and Alexander Richard. It is produced by Joy Studio Fiend Wynn with story help from me, Samantha Curley, and Level Brown. Check out our show notes for links and more information from this episode. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And we are back. So we got really into that conversation. So we took so much time. So we're going to do a special edition of things you can learn so you don't get caught up in a messy moment. (laughs) (laughs) Or how it could be a messy moment. I mean, if you want it to be a mess, then, you know, all power to you. Well, I think for a lot of people, I think that, okay, so here's, I mean, this is a question, a preface to it. So like a lot of people who we've talked about this before, who you don't identify as whether it be. Uh, white or cisgender or heterosexual in American culture, even Uh culture in general, Uh in the patriarchal culture, uh, you can feel like it is a messy moment, right? Yeah, I mean, you can, but we're not... Yes. Find some place to celebrate. Find some place. Think that you can learn within the messy moment. Finding your truth within this, you know, craziness that we call the country. Yes. But today... Um, I want to talk about um, Pride Month. Hey. Happy Pride Month. So hey. Pride Month. And so what we're going to be doing is giving um, shout outs every week for the month of June. 
Um, and so today I have a couple of questions uh, that I want to ask Alex. Hey. Um, I want you to, to share something that has inspired you so far on Pride Month. That's the first thing. And the second question is for a person that is standing in solidarity with the LGBT community as a cisgender heterosexual female, what are some ways in which I can help celebrate Pride Month? What are some absolutely do not do that things? Hey, well, question number one. Uh, let's see. I saw a post this week. Uh, a friend, Joy, the producer of this podcast, had posted a picture of Lena Waithe. Thank you. And Lena Waithe was wearing that beautiful, I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram or social media. Oh, that, the cape. The cape, the rainbow oh, yeah. cape. I and it was like, whoa. Like, it was It was a statement, but it also just looked, it looked royalty which yeah. lena is and the the caption that joy had put was it's pride month y'all take your time but be exactly who you are unapologetically period but be sure to know you and accept you before you try to love someone else mm-hmm. hashtag pride 2018 la pride 2018 all this different jazz yeah um and and it was it was a, it was a good moment for me because again for anybody who's listening to this and including myself, I think we oftentimes meet people and we think like, okay, this is who they were from season one, day one of their life, you know, and every single one of us is evolving or at Mm -hmm. least we're evolving a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, loving ourselves or in terms of standing in the fullness of our truths. Mm -hmm. And I think that that post really inspired me because even within the LGBTQIA community, especially when it comes to people who are, uh, you know, identify in terms of their sexual orientation, and I'm, sure, yeah, with gender too, but with sexual orientation, you know, if somebody suspects, oh, like, they, like you know, somebody suspects that a person is either homosexual or bisexual, oftentimes there can be a lot of shaming in terms of jokes being made. Mm-hmm. And so this post was just such a refreshing reminder that, because I think, I don't know, for me, sometimes pride brings up this feeling of like, of like you know who who's who's standing in their truth the most fully and it's like there's a lot of people who who uh are under the age of 18 and if they were to try to explore what that meant it would compromise their entire safety and their security so it was such an encouraging post at the beginning of june to see that picture first of all of lena waith Mm -hmm. and to see that caption of like be yourself unapologetically, but take your time, basically. You yeah. know, like, take your time. Like, it, it's all good. It's, you know, nobody's waiting for you to get to a certain level of, you know, self-acceptance. Right. And of, of standing in your truth. That was just a brilliant moment for me, seeing yeah. that post. Yeah. Um, I know we'll talk about this for the next few weeks. Yes, but in terms of what can a person do, I think that you have been a brilliant example Oh, thank you. As a, not, not just as a friend, but as I've seen you in terms of the way that you uh, relate to people when it comes to LGBTQIA issues. You know, so often uh, it's so easy to show up in terms of support with, it's so easy to show up in support for things that apply to you directly and to show up in support and to show up to a spaces that are not necessarily centered around you mm-hmm. and to offer you know not not support but to offer like my presence you know I want to support what you're doing here without making it about me there's so much I mean your humility and selflessness is is admirable to say the least um you know for people who are who are not that this is acceptable for anybody, but for people who are not LGBTQIA, I think the biggest 
thing that I have to check myself on mm. is to make sure that when somebody who is in your life or even if they're a public figure and they are people suspect mm. <laughs> that they're a member of the community again I have to check myself on this yeah. but there's a suspicion like you know because they haven't announced it or because that person hasn't hasn't come out right. or that person has not said blatantly like I am this or I am that in terms of their sexual orientation I think that it it's like okay until that person like do we have the fortitude to allow that person to like find their own truth mm-hmm. and so I, I guess that's to everybody not just to yeah. <laughs> cisgender heterosexual people who are you know standing in solidarity mm-hmm. I don't even know if that answers your question no that was really helpful and thank you for that I mean I'm still as far as I feel still in the beginning of a journey of what it means to be standing in solidarity with the LGBTQA community. So um, I think that that's really helpful. It's interesting um, when you think about people's stories, if they identify as part of the community or if they have not, quote unquote, outed themselves yet. Um, I just like, I see that sometimes from an outside perspective that there's a lot of pressure there. And so it's kind of like, I just wish like, I don't want to rob anybody of the victory of their out story, but I just wish that there was a day where there wasn't the pressure associated with just being. Like, if you discover that that is who you are, if you've already known, like, that you can still have the victory and in, in walking into your truth without the pressure of having to bear it all on your sleeve right. all the time. Um, so yeah, I think that that's my wish. And as I try to navigate, you know, what it means, I obviously will say things or do things. And you're just like, don't, that's just not, don't do that, which is part of the journey. So I hope that the people who are like me, who are learning to stand in solidarity will be attentive, but even more so this month um, as they are with their friends, as they're celebrating, or as they're not there because their friends just want to celebrate, not with you in the room, and that's okay. Um, Whatever that looks like, I think that, um, I hope that people who are a part of the LGBTQA community can really get a chance to celebrate their truth this month and every month. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I think it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to celebrate. I know that there's still so much progress that needs to be made. And I really do hope that every single person who is, uh, you know, I, I can remember the people who were there for me, even celebrities who weren't necessarily there on a real level, mm-hmm. but the people who said, like, take your time or I love you and hold on to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So holding space, holding space for every single person who is on that journey. Hold space. And I think that's a good place yeah, to end. Yeah, that's a good place. And so continue to hold space. Let us know how you're holding space this week. Let us know how you're celebrating or walking into your truth. But take your time. You don't have to. And we will see you next week. Adios. Hey, friends. This week's episode is sponsored by Carice's Joy. It's handcrafted body care. And it is absolutely amazing. I have tried this and I am in love. They also have body butters and scrubs all organic, all natural, and all made with love. You can also check out caricesjoy.com. That's spelled C-A-R-I-S-E-S-J-O-Y.com.